0: This is Apologetics
1: Live with Matt Slick and Andrew Rappaport, part of the Christian Podcast Community.
2: All right, we are live. Apologetics live. We're glad to be here. Sorry about the late start, folks. I hope everybody can hear me okay. Folks in chat, just let me know if you can hear. We were having some difficulties with speakers and things like that. So uh, just give a quick uh, shout out in the chat if you guys can hear us. Uh, I'm Andrew Rappaport from Striving for Eternity. Ministries. And I, I guess what just as we got started, I see a thing that says Hangout on the Air is live. Hangout on the Air is going away later this year. <laughs> so maybe that's what the problem is. Maybe the problem is that they're getting rid of our Hangouts. I don't know. Um, but we have a special guest f- t- tonight. Many of you will know the name, it is Justin Peters. And there's some applause there for Justin. <laughs> and John John has his hands up in the air and prays, so he's, he's happy you're here, Justin. That's um, funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm
3: not sure I've ever been given canned applause before. That's pretty cool. <laughs> we could do it again if you want. <laughs>
2: yeah, for, for Justin, you know, actually, we should we should do more of this sound for Justin when we mention his name so we feel like we're in heaven because Justin is here.
3: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm looking at myself on this. The, the, my phone's kind of tilted up and I'm just realizing it looks like I have a halo around my head because of... Nah.
2: The, yeah, no, that's the, a good uh, effect. That's a good effect, you know? <laughs>
3: that's not intentional. I yeah.
2: You know, I did. I did a uh, an interview with Todd Friel and didn't realize the whole time that the way the light reflected it, it I had the same thing. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't realize it until I watched the video afterwards. I was like, oh, that's bad. <laughs> uh all right. Well, we're finally live. Uh, we've spent the last half an hour trying to figure out Google Hangouts and some of the technology and f- figure out why. Google hates us, I'm convinced of it, Um, but they're probably going to yet again move to something totally different and not tell us, and we'll have to figure out something, how to make it work. Uh, I guess they're going to, as I'm looking at this, they're going to a new thing called YouTube slash live streaming slash webcam, because that's where it directed me. I wonder if that would work for you, Justin, on your Mac. Yeah, I wonder. That would be worth a try, but I I should send that to you. We could try to see if that'll work on your Mac just for fun, but, um, all right, try that. We could try that on your Mac. The the thing I just sent you, but okay. Okay. So we're going to try to do this, um, this show now, (laughs) a little bit discombobulated with the fact that we had, um, just the way that things started here. So f- folks, thank you for those of you who have been waiting. Those of you who came in, um, appreciate it. We know that, uh, we got a late start and I am sorry about that. We wanted to make sure that we can get things working. Um, no, oh no, Matt's saying he cannot hear Justin. That's not good. Oh, all right. Well, we're going to have to see, I wonder, I'm really wondering, um, if we need to just move away from Google Hangouts altogether. I think they keep moving. I'm thinking of that, too,
1: yeah. You know, at some point from now on, yeah. Matt, if you could, just go ahead and maybe bump out and then come back in. That, that's what seemed to work for me. Um, or either that, try using a PC or laptop or, or something of that nature to see if you can get in.
2: And folks who want to join, you can go to apologeticslive.org. And that is, the links to join are there so that you can come on in and ask any questions. But first, before we get to questions, uh, I, I guess some preliminary stuff I should mention. This is a podcast that you can hear. We do this live, but it turns into a podcast called Apologetics Live. It's part of the Christian Podcast Community, and it is a ministry of striving for eternity. Justin Peters is from a ministry called—oh, um, shoot. What's— John, help me out there. What's what's the name of Justin's ministry? It's a, it's such a hard name for me to remember.
1: Justiniwin.com?
2: Oh, yeah. Justiniwin.com is the website. That's really good. Yes. <laughs> I think, uh, Justin, help me out. What's the name of your, your ministry again? It
3: is, I, I got to come up with a new name. It's Justin <laughs> Peters Ministries. So yeah. I I really, I really not that narcissistic. I'm just not creative, so I don't know. I should have spent more time trying trying to come up with a name.
2: You know, there's a real problem when you have Justin Peters Ministries. um, You know, it's it's going to be hard for anybody else to kind of take over unless their name is um, Justin Peters.
3: That's true. I guess I do have a little built-in insurance on that. So, as does Vody Balkum because he calls his Vody Balkum Ministries.
2: Yeah, but he's got enough kids. One of them's got to be named Vody because he has to have run out of names by now. He's got, what, nine kids, yeah. I believe?
3: Uh, I don't know. He's got quite the uh, quiver full.
2: Yes. Can... <laughs> he's got an entire softball team. Alright, so... <laughs> All right, John says that your ministry should be Clouds Without Waters Ministries. Cloudless. <laughs> Cloudless Water Ministries. Cloudless yeah. Waters, yeah, there you go. Water. <laughs> well, for folks who don't know who Justin Peters is, uh, you are well known for your DVD series, Cloud, Clouds Without Waters, and uh, it's a series you do on Word of Faith, but you and I have been talking a lot about a different topic recently, Uh, We we were down in the Philippines. We were dealing with this issue of women preachers. Uh, There were some interesting reactions while we were in the Philippines. You and I did a podcast together. There were some interesting reactions to that. And I recently, my latest podcast I did on Does God Allow Women Pastors Preachers? And I got to tell you, I don't think I've gotten so... I, I I got a lot of hate mail, but what I found more interesting is the hate mail, most of the hate mail I got were from people who practice homosexuality. Oh, I thought that was very interesting because one yeah. of the conclusions I made of why I think this is a, such a, a serious issue is the fact that I think that when you allow when you reinterpret the word of god to allow women to be preachers or pastors i think it's you lose the argument to argue against homosexuality and i think like i said i think it's a stepping stone for homosexuality in the church yeah,
3: and absolutely I, well not to interrupt you but just as uh, to support that point look at look at where the united methodist church is you know they are uh, if the vote recently to uh, embrace homosexuality homosexual marriage had just left been left to um, United Methodist Church in the United States it would have it would have passed overwhelmingly it was just more conservative Methodists in other parts of the world that that kind of tipped the balance uh, against it but uh, the United Methodist Church started ordaining women and putting them as in as pastors long before. They got to the point that they're at now, and and yet look at where they are now. Most UNC churches here in the States would would embrace that. So you're absolutely right.
2: You know, it's interesting, uh, Matt, and by the way, I should let folks know because some people may be wondering, like, where's Matt Slick? So Matt Slick is in Manti, Utah. It is Manti, Utah. They do this event every year that is a pageant where they reenact the Book of Mormon. And there's thousands of Mormons that go to that, and there are over 300 Christians evangelizing out there right now. And Matt has gone to join them. And But when I told Matt what we were discussing, he gave me an interesting statistics. He had looked it up, and he said 80% of the denominations that accept female preachers within two generations accept homosexuality. Uh, that yep. was, and I think it's because once you let culture interpret the word of God, then culture is going to do that, and now you have to accept everything else. Y- you lose the argument. Um, Jason Manning is joking, obviously, but he says he hears that Joyce Myers is is trying to get in here to ask you some questions, Justin. I I, I don't <laughs> think that's true. Oh, that's,
3: I uh, so love that. I yeah, so love
2: that. I said that's what I said. We wish it was true. Uh, Beth Moore, if you're out listening, um. What am I saying? Of course she's not. She, she's only in the echo chamber. <laughs> uh, but we're going to talk about her because there's a very important thing that happened this week uh, with Beth Moore. But let's let's start for folks. Justin, uh, you and I both take the same position that a woman cannot be a pastor of a church, cannot preach in the church. Uh so, why don't you explain the position that we both hold to for folks that maybe this is the first time hearing it, give an overview of it, and and then let's start talking about some of the specific things, especially what happened this week with, uh, with an open letter to Beth Moore.
3: Sure. Yeah, there's two different positions, basically, Andrew. One is complementarianism. The other is egalitarianism. Uh, if you're an egalitarian, you believe that Men and women can and should fulfill the exact same roles both in the home and in the church, including that of the pastor. Uh, If you are a complementarian, as you and I are, uh, we believe that uh, men and women are of equal value before God. Galatians 3.28 is crystal clear about that. We are of equal value before God. We are both, uh, both genders created in the image of God, but... God has designed or uh, yeah designed men and women to fulfill different roles different um, functions in both the home and the church and God has designed it that men are to be the spiritual leaders in both the home and the church, and um, positions of spiritual authority in the church are reserved by God only for men
2: uh, so this is not a Male versus female issue, this is not trying to oppress women or control them in any way. Your argument that you're making, I agree with it, I'm just, for for the sake of the audience, the argument you're making is that this is an issue of how you interpret Scripture and what does Scripture say, correct?
3: That's correct, right. What is your authority? Uh, And if you say your authority is the Word of God, the Bible, then you have to come down on the complementarian side, the Bible is crystal clear on these issues. You just, there's no amount, Andrew, no amount of hermeneutical gymnastics that you can do to come up with any kind of a valid biblical case that um, women can hold positions of spiritual authority in the church, or they can be a pastor or an elder, same thing, but, uh, yeah there's just no amount of hermeneutical gymnastics you can go through with and pass and pass the common sense test to make that argument but that's what that's what egalitarians try to do
2: and so the interesting thing with this and let me just pull the scripture up because you're saying you're, you're making a claim. We want to support it, right? This is first Timothy two, 12 to 14. I think one of the strongest texts on this subject, there's another in first Corinthians that says a similar thing, but uh, Paul, and let me express this, this Paul by the inspiration of the Holy spirit. In other words, the Holy spirit wrote this, this sure. is an instructional letter. When it comes to hermeneutics, the, the art and science of interpretation, there's different genres, have different styles of writing, and this is instructional. So this is not something like the book of Genesis where it's historical narrative and it's accurately recording what did happen. So the fact that Paul says, I do not permit, doesn't mean it's Paul's opinion apart from the Holy Spirit. This is Paul giving instruction by inspiration of the Holy Spirit for the church on how to function. Okay, Because a lot of people will try to say, this is just Paul's. It's just Paul. It's not Jesus. Um, He says, I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. Now, here's the key. People don't like what was just read, but verse 13 starts with four. That is a purpose clause. It tells us why that instruction is. So, why is it that Paul would say, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that a woman is not to teach her have exercise over a man or but to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became the transgressor. So this goes back not to culture. It's very clear the argument for this instruction goes back to creation. Adam was formed first, Eve sinned first. So it's the creation order, sin order. So we we can't argue that this is a cultural issue. Okay? In the very next chapter, he's going to argue for pastors uh, that there are to be men. I mean, husband or wife, you can't have a woman do that. So that's kind of hard for a woman to do. Well, nowadays, I guess it isn't so hard because you have a plenty of guys winning track meets for females. So don't know what to do with that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, How but there's good news. Did you? Here,
1: yeah.
2: Did you see that in the news, the high school, there's a, high, a bunch of high school girls that have now, or they've done, put in federal court, they've sued, because, at a federal level, because the fact that all these men are entering high school female sports and getting all the scholarships? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah.
4: Good for them. They should.
2: They should, because, yeah. you know, I mean, these guys that are like, okay, for, for a couple years, I'll run as a girl, and I get into college, I get a free ride. I just got to run on the girls' track team. Okay. Yeah.
3: But I get a free
2: education. You know? Yeah,
3: it's it's the end of female sports, this nonsense. I mean, you know, like, why not turn, you know, why not have men uh, decide that they want to join the WNBA? And, you know, <laughs> feel, the, feel the... Michael the back Jordan song.
4: can make a comeback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I love it. I love it when science comes back to to bite liberals, uh, you know. And they they say they're so big on science. Well, here's some science for you. You're either male or female. There's no in between. You're one or the other. And
2: yeah, um, you're an X chromosome or a Y chromosome. X or but, Y. Yeah. yeah. You
3: know, and it's, you um, know. I wanted to get back to
1: First Timothy too because you 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 kind of nailed it and reminding me of uh, the just taking podcast with uh, Daryl Harrelson and Virgil Walker. I don't know if you guys heard the last, the the recent uh, uh, episode, but they hit her out of the park and they talked about this very same reason about women teaching. And at the end there, he makes a point, Daryl makes a point saying, did God say you should not murder? And do you not understand what that means, right? And did he not say you should not lie? Okay, so where what part of but I do not allow a woman to teach confusing to them, <laughs> you know, well,
2: and and uh, I don't
5: understand the, yeah, they this such is a why I'm
2: twisting that. Um, my most recent Andrew Rappaport's rap report. I dealt with it. I went through all of the arguments that they give, and and Justin, you know them right, Phoebe and Chloe. And all these others they claim are apostles and they're, they're pastors, they're leaders of the church. You know, oh, well the, the church is meeting in someone's house. That must mean she's the pastor. There, it doesn't say that. That Right. Th- that's like saying, you know, Michelle Obama lived in the White House. Therefore, she must be the president, you know. Right. Uh, no, it doesn't. There's plenty of people actually that are in the White House that are not the president, right? It's, it's, it's not, none of, not one of those passages pointed out that any of those women were actually pastors or preaching. Every one of them actually, like, you look at Priscilla, Aquila was always there. For, for everyone who wants to say that because the gospel was shared with Apollos, that it must have been Priscilla, I could say no. When we look at that, I would say she was absolutely silent, said not a word. Her su- husband said everything the, yeah. the text leads me i mean if you 're going to read into the scriptures, I could read that in as just as well right right
3: exactly exactly and and um, yeah, they use these they use these e- examples uh another one, like the women at the tomb, the women at the tomb they were the first ones to preach the gospel, they say well no they they weren 't preaching they were reporting what they had seen it 's not like they were opening up the text and doing exposition. they were just reporting what they had just witnessed a and b they weren 't in a church uh, the church had not even yet been <laughs> been established so uh it, you know it's, it goes back to what i said earlier you 've got to do some incredible hermeneutical gymnastics and you've got to do some serious eisegesis reading into the text a meaning that just simply is not there.
2: Yeah, I mean it was interesting because, you know, they'll they'll bring out uh these different passages and they'll say, well, you know, if you, if someone is if a woman is treated well by Jesus, that must mean that they could preach. You know, how many people let me just ask Justin in your church, you know, I I've been to your church, there's, what, like two, three hundred, four hundred people there now? Roughly. Oh, no, no.
3: Uh, it, well, about two, two forty. Two forty.
2: How many pastors are there?
3: We have four elders.
2: Four elders. So does that mean the other two hundred plus people, other than those four, are being oppressed because they're not pastors? <laughs>
3: Well, I can tell you, I, I'm not an elder at my church, and I sure don't feel oppressed.
2: So um, so the fact that you're not a pastor doesn't mean that there's oppression automatically, does it?
3: Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. And, and I don't think a single woman in our church would say that she feels oppressed. Absolutely not.
2: Now, so, Because so, the argument they usually do is that if you do not allow a woman to preach, and, and Beth Moore made this argument, I mean, I, I find this amazing all the people that got on me on Twitter for commenting to Beth Moore about her being at a pulpit when she talks about the sexual abuse, she actually is now saying that the sexual abuse may be caused by the fact that they don't let women preach. Um, Like, this is the oppression. Unreal. (laughs) So... That's it, yeah. That's just appalling.
3: Absolutely appalling.
2: So, I mean, well, there's no time she doesn't jump on anything to use it to push her agenda. Um, and we're going to get... We'll, we'll spend some time... If folks don't come in, then we'll, we'll end up spending our whole time we could talk about this. But th- this is the thing I do want to th- first start off with is the argument that people make that somehow women are being oppressed. Yet there are qualifications for a pastor in First Timothy 3 and Titus 1. Uh, the men... Are men being, have you heard this argument at all, that men are being oppressed because they're not allowed? Not every man is allowed to be a pastor. They're not qualified. Not everyone's qualified. Is anyone arguing that the men are being oppressed?
3: No, I haven't heard anybody saying that.
2: Mm -mm. Hmm. But the the women are. Yep, but the women are. Right. Funny how that works. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) All right, so, so... we, you know, we take a position that women shouldn't be pastors; they shouldn't be preaching. I have seen this as a very emotional issue, Justin. Um, I, I've been, I've been leery, very leery, um, that uh, that to open my email. So, because every email that I've been getting ever since the podcast this Sunday has been blasting me for different things. So, I was kind of glad, though, to get this one, Justin. This was an email that I got uh, just last night. It said, I benefited incredibly from your podcast. It is the most organized and comprehensive yet concise treatment on the subject that I have come across. Before listening to it, I was not confident at all with my stance Not only have I made up my mind on it, but I am now confident to discuss it. This was huge to me because I'm surrounded by almost solely by Ecclesi... I'm just getting the word wrong again. I can never say the the word, but where everyone wants it to be equal. Uh, Give me the word again, not complementarianism. Oh, egalitarian. 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 Uh, yeah. Egalitarians most of the time. So so here's a guy who's surrounded by egalitarians, and he finally feels the confidence to to be able to discuss it and and have the material. And we hope this, this Apologetics Live will do the same for you, because we hear a lot of emotional arguments. We heard it down in the Philippines, Justin. We've heard it with Beth Moore recently. And I would like to address an issue with Beth Moore. I know you you've read the letter that's been out. I know I have, but there is a an open letter to Beth Moore, and I will I'll actually have uh, one of the initial signers of that uh, on my podcast for next week. Uh, Michelle Leslie, she's going to come on. We're going to talk about that letter in in some detail. But my question for you, Justin, I want to get your your reaction from the open letter that's out there. First off, let's talk about the letter. Describe the letter. Describe to me, or for really for the audience, why you think this letter is so important for her to answer. I mean, it's a public letter. It's out there. Anyone can see. You can go to Michelle Leslie's uh, website and see it. Um, and I'll have the link in the show notes. But why do you think this, this open letter to her was important to put out there? Why do you think it's important for her to answer?
3: Yes, Andrew. Uh, I, I think this is uh, vitally important. I would encourage people that it's on a, several different uh, ladies' website and blog. I, I, the The website that you can go to if you want to sign the letter, put your name to the letter, is uh, MichelleLeslie dot And uh, th- so the letters posted in several different venues, but I think it's just this particular website where you can actually affix your signature to it so go to michellelesley.com but but uh these ladies it was michelle leslie elizabeth prada um debbie lynn caspert susan hack martha peace and i think there's a couple other signatures on it now as well uh as like original signatories uh but these ladies have put put this letter out there for um and basically the letter the letter is focused on one issue and that is Beth Moore's views on homosexuality. And I don't have the letter in front of me, but but it basically makes the point, rightly so, that um, Beth Moore has, for several years, been um, uh, openly endorsing and uh, commending Jen Hatmaker. Jen Hatmaker is a lady who has uh, come out very much in support of homosexual Christians, the, the notion that homosexuals can be Christians. She's come out in support of homosexual marriage. Uh, Beth Moore and Jen Hatmaker are very complimentary of one another, publicly so, repeatedly so, lavish praise on one another. And also, uh, Jonathan Merritt. Uh, Jonathan Merritt is a young man, relatively young man, who is a who's a homosexual? Now um, he is admitted to having at least one homosexual encounter. Um, uh, I, I know from people who know him well, um, he, he is a homosexual. Uh, he he will. I was told recently he will never marry a woman. Uh, he just recently, very recently, has. In fact, it's even in this open letter. You can go and read the open letter for yourself. But he made a very crude. Uh, remark to Dr. Owen Strand. Dr. Owen Strand has written articles about the biblical view of homosexuality uh, criticizing the Revoice conference and uh, he made a comment on Twitter that there is never a reason because he was responding to something that he saw but he said there is never a reason for men to cuddle one another and then uh, Jonathan Merritt responded to Dr. Owen Strand and said Come on, Owen, you can be my little spoon, which is just disgusting. I mean, st- straight men don't say that. So all of that to say, Beth Moore and Jonathan Merritt lavish praise on one, of the, one another. So, and, and Jonathan Merritt is known for his pro-homosexual view. He calls himself a theological liberal. So the question naturally arises, Andrew, if if you're... If there's this mutual admiration society between Beth Moore and Jen Hatmaker and Jonathan Merritt, uh, and you notice that Beth Moore is very quick to, to chime in on issues of race, on issues of complementary slash egalitarian, she's more egalitarian, uh, she's very um, any kind of like a me too type thing. She's Johnny on the spot to quote the letter, Johnny on the spot to chime in on these issues, but on homosexuality, she never says anything about it. Just complete silence. So you, you couple her complete silence on that issue with her very visible friendship with pro-homosexual people like Jen Hatmaker and Jonathan Merritt. And the question naturally arises, well, what does Beth Moore believe about homosexuality? And that's what this letter asks her. It's an open letter to Beth Moore uh, detailing all of this stuff and all the everything in there is documented really well. So basically the letter asks Beth Moore, what do you believe about homosexuality? Do you believe homosexuals can be Christians? Uh, do you believe homosexuality is a sin? Do you believe unrepentant? homosexuals who unrepentant practicing homosexuals who die in that state do you believe they go to heaven and so that that's the letter that's the gist of the letter it's very simple it's very straightforward it asks her very easy questions questions that you and i could um that you and i could answer instantly i mean easily easy softball questions you know um and so it's asking her to answer and state her position, so I'm very grateful that this letter is out there, and we'll see what happens. Thus far, uh, I don't think there's been a response from Beth Moore, but uh, it's getting some traction. A lot of people have signed it. At Last I looked earlier in the day, something like 172 ladies. No, have there's signed it. there's
2: over there is right now over 190, 193. There has been there was a. She did have a response, possibly, though. Uh, let me read from a Facebook post that she, she has. And I know you're not really a Facebook guy, but uh, I had seen this and, and grabbed it. I could send it to you. But it's from Living Proof Ministries with Beth Moore. And it says, from Beth, and this is exactly what it says, Beware of Bible beaters void of the Holy Spirit. Where the Holy Spirit goes, the Holy Spirit shows. Now, I'm going to stop there. Does that make any sense at all?
0: <laughs> I mean, no,
2: but it rhymes, it, Andrew. It rhymes. That's what's important. That's that's the thing. I mean, like people thinking, all oh, that's... don't
1: fit, you must have quit.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like <laughs> that people just get into this thing where it just sounds good, so it must be right, and that makes no sense, okay? So here's why. Here's why I say it makes no sense. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent. He's um, everywhere. There's nowhere that the Holy Spirit is not. Okay? Right. So, so he doesn't really go anywhere. But, let me, let me continue. Right. Where the Holy Spirit goes, the Holy Spirit shows. And actually, now that I think about it, what does he show, actually? And how does he show it? Wouldn't well, he show it from the Word of God, which is what we resort to, you and I, when we argue this point? I don't know. All right. Where the, where the Holy Spirit goes, the Holy Spirit shows. If the fruit of the Spirit is not evidenced, they can hang Bible verses on the, on their limbs all day long, but something's still wrong with that tree. Jesus said, you know a tree by its fruit. We are called by God to be people of both word and, and and is in all caps, and a spirit. Yes, yes, we diligently study the scriptures, pour over them in our lives, but if we do not have the love of God in in us and evidence through us, we are no different than those Jesus called out in john five thirty seven to forty two quote and the Father who sent me. Has himself testified according uh, concerning me. You, uh, you have never heard his voice, nor seen his form, nor his word dealt in you. For you do not believe the one he sent. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you will have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me and have life. I do not accept glory from human beings, but I know you— I know that you do not have the love of God in your hearts. Unquote. Now, I don't. I actually don't know what translation she's using there. With the I don't accept glory from human beings. I, I found that interesting. Actually, it got my curiosity. I think I'm going to go try to find out which what translation she was using because that's kind of interesting.
1: She's all over the place.
2: Yeah, I, I do. I do kind of agree with her because you know the. the we are called to be people of of the the word and the spirit, but those two would agree wouldn't they Justin
3: Yes, absolutely. The word and the spirit are never in uh, contradiction to one another, obviously uh, I find that so offensive on so many levels um, she put this up apparently, so the letter the letter went public june eighteenth Tuesday, June eighteenth. She put this up uh, yesterday, Wednesday, June nineteenth. So you know, roughly one day later. Uh, and a lot of people are saying this is, even though she didn't mention the letter specifically. It, this is almost she almost it's almost certain she has a letter in view here. Uh, if that's the case, the passage that she's quoting here, John five, is she if she is when she is if she's comparing the uh the ladies who put this letter out to the individuals that jesus was addressing in john chapter five andrew you know what she's doing she's calling these ladies unregenerate
2: correct that's
3: yeah. what she's doing she's calling these ladies lost because jesus was addressing unregenerate people uh, that is just so offensive on so many levels rather than just answer the questions uh, which, again, are softball questions, easy, softball, sitting on the tee, waiting to be hit, knocked out of the park. Rather than do that, she disparages these ladies, calls their motives into question, and, and applying that text to them, calls them unregenerate.
2: Well, I think, I think the thing that we, we end up seeing here is if anyone was to say, if, if I say that Beth Moore is unregenerate, how many people would come after me from her, her crowd?
3: Andrew, uh, you know know what I do, obviously, with my Clouds Without Water seminar, and I've taken a lot of heat from, you know, a lot of criticism over the years from word-faith people. I can honestly tell you, never have I been criticized as vehemently by word-faith people as I have by Beth Moore defenders. Uh, When I say something against Beth Moore, I mean the claws come out. And some of the things that have been said of me... Uh, by Beth Moore's defenders, man, they they put anything that a word faith adherent has said about me, puts that in the shade. Um, I have never, I've never seen the kind of vitriol, even from word faith people, as I have from Beth Moore defenders. So, um,
2: so you're saying they would is, come after me.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. If I, if I may, I'd like to jump in and let you know a little background on me. Um, I shared your clouds without waters on my church's Facebook page and I literally, I must've had like three other women just rip me to shreds for sharing your video about this and the truth of it. And, and, and literally it got to the point where the pastor had to go ahead and just delete the entire post because it just got out of hand, you know, and, not that I'm saying that I have a, I I go to a heretical church or anything, but I'm just saying that there's a lot of women in there that, that do cling to that false teaching. And I, I, you know, my heart is, you know, I just want to go ahead and correct them out of love. You know, I I want to just go ahead and, and show them the truth of what they actually teach in their theology. And, you know, and unfortunately, you know, they have that, that mentality of you can't touch the Lord, the, the Lord's anointed. You know, yeah. we all heard that little phrase over and over and over. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I know what you mean when uh, for some reason, you know, the claws come out when you start touching. The anointed. Uh, yeah, the anointed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, well. I, I've seen this with her followers. I mean, they really rip into they've ripped into me. When I've criticized her, and you know she is calling, I think I want to focus in on what you said, Justin, because she's calling people unregenerate. That's right. Okay, she's saying they don't have the Holy Spirit, and if anyone was to do that, they would get you know with with her. But you know that is actually what's at stake here. She is putting herself where it is her. You either agree with her or you're not saved. Is is the way she lays it out. Because what's the standard that she has? Right. The standard's her own her own belief. If you don't hold to this, she's she doesn't support it with scripture. She she talks about pouring through the scriptures, but you know one of the things that's always lacking in her teachings is the scripture.
4: It's
3: certainly, the scripture in any context. I mean, in a proper quote, context, yeah, yeah. She she'll quote Bible verses. I mean, she'll read them, and I've listened to a lot of her teaching. My wife and I both have. Uh, but ninety nine times out of a hundred, uh, and I, don't, I really don't say that in hyperbole. Uh, I say it genuinely. Uh, ninety nine times out of a hundred, she gets the meaning wrong. She gets the con- well, she gets the context wrong. So if you get the context wrong, you get the meaning wrong. And honestly, some of the interpretations that she can come up with with scripture is just mind boggling. I, I I don't have the kind of creativity that she does to come up with the interpretation of some of the verses that she will say. I'm not that creative. I don't know. Kudos to her for how creative she is. Uh, I mean, some of it is just absolutely looney tunes, looney tunes.
2: So we, we, I think we recognize you're not that creative. Uh, Justin Peters ministries, Uh, enough said. All right. So, um, and, and I'll vouch, I'll vouch for this. Uh, you know, there's. I I hate driving in a car with Matt Slick because Matt Slick. I, I listen. You know, he's he likes like that heavy bass type music, so it drives me absolutely bonkers to be in a car with him. But it's a, it's a tough call between being in a car with him and being in a car with you, because I you know being in a car with you, I, I get the choice of you. You have two channels that you have on your your dial: the Catholic channel. And the Word of Faith channel—it's like no, like so. I don't want to be in a car with either one of you. Just for the record.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh well, it's. yeah, yeah. When Kathy and I go on long road trips, that's our entertainment. We listen to the Catholic <laughs> Channel and uh, and sometimes Joel Osteen, but Joel Osteen gets so repetitive. So,
2: <laughs> so, so I have added in both James Watkins of the Five Solas podcast, and also, for the first time that I know of, Captain America himself is here. Chris Hanholes from Voice of Reason Radio. So both of them are oh. here. Hey, Chris. So, if you guys want okay. to unmute yourself, you're welcome to do so. Uh, by the way, James is the one who sent you the Batman T-shirt that we still.
3: Yeah, s- no, that's great. We,
2: I still want to get the picture of you wearing that Batman.
3: Yeah, I need to. I need to take a picture. <laughs> Except I don't want to come across like I'm promoting myself, like I'm the spiritual
4: Batman.
2: Okay, either. so James, just send me a send me a T-shirt of Robin, and we'll just. Then he can wear that, and together we'll be Batman okay, and I'll, Robin.
4: I'll do, I'll do that. We'll get to work on it tonight. And, <laughs> so and just for the record, Andrew, nobody wants to ride in a car with you either. So,
2: have you ever been in a car where I'm driving, James? N-
4: no, no, Lord, <laughs>
2: no, no. Look, I'm a very safe. My my, I, I've, you know, my racing days are out of my system. I, you know, I don't. I don't do double the speed limit anymore. I mean, real, no. (laughs) So this letter went out. Justin, why do you think the issue of trying to get Beth Moore to, to really get her to come out publicly and nail her down on the issue of homosexuality? Why is that important? I mean, what's the big deal? What if it matters that she's got a bunch of friends that are big on this? Who cares?
3: Yeah. Well, friendship is not the issue in and of itself. Uh, you can be friends with a homosexual. Now, you can't have fellowship with a homosexual, but you can be friends with one uh, for the purpose of evangelism. But the, the reason it's so important is this, Andrew. Beth Moore portrays herself, certainly claims to be an evangelical Bible teacher. Uh, she claims that the Word of God is her authority. And yet, um, and yet she lavishes praise on Jen Hatmaker and Jonathan Merritt, two people who have expressly denied the authority of Scripture, and yet she treats them like her brother and sister. In fact, she did an interview with Jonathan Merritt that I listened to just uh, yesterday when all this stuff was coming up. I listened to it yesterday. And. Uh, she and Jonathan Merritt did a whole program talking about fellowship, Christian fellowship. Well, Jonathan Merritt is not a believer he 's not a christian, and i don 't say that to uh, you know demean him at all, but scripture is very clear First Corinthians chapter six, very clear that um, homosexuals, feminine homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, and yet she treats him like he is a brother. This, this man needs evangelism. He needs to be evangelized, not to be affirmed as a believer. So uh, she claims to believe the Word of God. She claims that it is her th- authority. She claims to teach it, and yet what is she, what she is saying to her millions of followers around the world is that she has no problem with homosexuality because she is affirming these people as her brother and sister in christ uh and so what does what does that convey to all of these millions of people who follow her and listen to her and believe her to be a, a an authority on the word of god and so uh it, this is very important it's very important and uh and it's really painted her in a tight spot andrew because if she if she were to come out and say Yes, I believe homosexuality is a sin. No, a practicing homosexual cannot be a Christian. No, a practicing homosexual will not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, yes, this sin must be repented of. If she were to come out and say that, then um, that would cause a lot of problems for her with Jen Hatmaker and Jonathan Mayer and all these others, uh, uh, like-minded. But uh, and, but I really don't think that's her position. I, I really believe that she is a theological liberal on this position um i think the evidence speaks for itself so uh, she's in a very difficult spot now if she does not answer the letter and honestly i don't really expect her to
2: yeah i uh, don't think she will
3: yeah i don't but her silence on it speaks volumes does it not i think it does I mean, I mean andrew you know it's not i promise you anybody and i think i speak for you too anybody could ask me any question about my ministry, about my theology, about my doctrine. We may or may not agree on every minutiae of eschatology or things like that, you know, but hey, you ask me where I stand on something, I'll tell you. Uh, I have no problem. Especially not on something of this magnitude that is so crystal clear from Scripture. It, this is not whether you're premillennial, postmillennial, pre-tria, post-tria, bi-millennial, post, you know, it's, it's, we're not talking about it. things like that. We're not talking about who you think wrote the book of Hebrews. Where This is a this is an issue that is crystal clear. There's no debate about it amongst people who believe the Bible, who believe it to be authoritative and inerrant and sufficient. There's just no debate. So, um, you know, John MacArthur and R.C. Sproul had different positions on eschatology. There was, there was no difference between them on this issue, uh, because it is so crystal clear from Scripture. You know, this this is easy. As I said, softball, sitting on the tee, waiting to be knocked out of the park. And so her her lack of response will speak volumes.
2: Yeah, and the the thing is, is that, as you said, this isn't something you could sit on the sidelines about. Especially yep. because she is pushing something that I think is the stepping stone to allowing homosexuality in the church. If she's pushing so strongly for women to be preachers and pastors and to be preaching on a Sunday service,
3: which she does, which yeah.
2: she does, and then this becomes a thing of, okay, if you're going to say you're going to do that and you're going to say that, the, that you think that's biblical then where do you stand on this next issue? Because this is where everybody always seems to go. Once they get women pastors, preachers, they always want to go the next step to, well, now you have to accept homosexuality and it's say again.
5: Oh
3: yeah. I was just saying always, absolutely. Error always begets more error always.
2: And, and that's the thing that I see this so dangerous. I I actually, now I'm going to say this. I know Justin, you're not going to disagree with this because you and I've talked about this, but, I'm going to say this and it is going to ruffle the feathers of many. And I don't say this with any joy. I don't say this with any glee. I'm not happy to have to say this. But I believe Beth Moore is one of the most dangerous evangelicals alive today. That is strong. That is harsh. But it's true why because she's deceiving people she is getting people under the guise of Bible teaching she is getting away from the Bible and getting people to feel their way through the Bible it's all emotionalism yeah absolutely and, and it's it's a danger it's a danger to the church oh yeah and and how she interprets scripture see you're you're
3: gonna learn how to interpret the Bible by by the way that the people you listen to interpret the Bible. Um, if you're listening to John MacArthur and Steve Lawson and Bodie Balcom and you know, some of these guys and, and R. C. Sproul, who's in heaven now, you know, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna learn how to rightly interpret scripture. If you listen to Beth Moore and Joel Osteen and Joyce Meyer, you're gonna learn how to eisegete scripture, you're going to learn how to take a passage and spin it and twist it and turn it up this way and that way and make it say whatever you want it to say. Uh, that's that's what's happening. This is why it's so dangerous, is because the, she has an enormous following and I absolutely agree with you that she is one of the most dangerous people in the evangelical world today. Um, I w- More dangerous than Benny Hinn because she has a a much broader following. Uh, well and she of- she
2: has a conservative following. I mean Benny yeah, Hinn yeah. most of his followers are not even in the realm of evangelical Christian. I mean most people recognize that as de- I mean maybe Michael Brown can't but the rest of evangelicals <laughs> can. Oh oh sorry did did that slip? Oh sorry. Um <laughs> the but She is within evangelicalism, and she's still seen as a conservative. She's still seen and propped it up by the Southern Baptist Convention. So that's why I I think this has to be addressed. It's so dangerous.
3: The president of the SBC, J.D. Greer, fully endorses her. Uh, Russell Moore fully endorses her. Uh, you, you have the, all of the all of the big wigs in the in the SBC are either fully supportive of, of her or will not call her out by name in any kind of critique. I literally know of no one in the SBC who is in a position of leadership at the convention level uh, that will call her out. In her error, call her out for for what she had. No, no one,
1: isn't that though the kind of uh, the, the the unwritten rule in the SBC though is that you don't want to. Yeah, you can't. You're not allowed to
3: actually criticize another Southern Baptist. Right. That's right. So the, you're exactly right. the The only yeah. people who would now to his to his great credit, Doctor Owen Strand has to his great credit, mm-hmm. um, but he's he's a professor. At Southern Baptist Seminary, but he's not, uh, you know, he, he's not in a position of leadership at the convention level, you know, not not with, not in that sense, you know. So, so my my concern
1: is is what's going to happen when J.D. um steps down as president and Beth Moore becomes president? Because that's well, that's the, that's the big word right now. Is you yeah. know, everyone is saying that that this is going to be something that's going to happen.
3: Right, I, I know, and I've, I've there's a lot of discussion about that, but here's here is my take on it, and I'm uh, and I think I'm right. Beth Moore will never be the president of the SBC, not because she would not be welcomed as such, but because she doesn't want it. I really don't think she wants to be president of the SBC, I don't okay. think she's geared that way. Uh, the gig that she's got going now is she makes much more money. Good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah I mean, she, she doesn't want bigger. the pay cut, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't. Her, she's just not geared that way. That's not. She doesn't want it. If it was handed to her on a silver platter, I don't think she would take it. So, okay. uh, but here's the deal. Mm, point. The very fact that these conversations are even taking place, that there is actually serious discussion about it, that there are prominent pastors in the SBC who would welcome that if 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 the fact that this conversation's even taking place mm-hmm. that shows you you've lost yeah the you've yeah, lost.
1: yeah. The, yeah. The, the 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 snakes are already in the bushes and they're they're right. they're doing their jobs you know they're they're
4: yeah right. well it's it's, that maybe yeah. there's a few church doors we need to nail some uh theses on.
2: <laughs> now you said theses yeah. like the ninety five theses, not feces, like something else. because that, that's <laughs> right. how it came across. Well, I'm just, I did want to. I want to open up for James and Chris. I, I added you guys in. I, I know that uh, this is a topic, James. I know for you, uh, very sensitive. Uh, you've dealt with in the past, but anything you guys want to ask of of either Justin or I, or add to the conversation? No, I, I just
4: know it's uh, it's been pretty difficult because the church that we're in now, the church that Frank Mullis pastors, and I'm directly under him in a discipleship manner as well as uh, a pastoral manner, um, you know, we're still under the SBC, and you know, whenever I tell you that, there's just like a desire just to completely split from them because of the direction that they're going. I mean, it's it's unreal, and I mean, we do speak out against it uh, every Sunday. I mean, we, we may mention a Beth Moore and the uh, heresy that, that they're promoting the false teaching, and it's just a very dangerous path. Very unfortunate.
3: Yeah, yeah, it really is. I'm, I'm so glad. Uh, I'm so glad you guys are doing that, and Frank is doing that. Um, it, it, the SBC, and and I I don't say this um, because I've got a personal axe to grind. I, I was SBC. I was born, reared in SBC. Went to a SBC seminary was s b c for the first thirty seven years of my life hmm. um, i'm afraid the s b c is done um, yep. stick a fork in it done there there are some good men in the s b c there are i don't mean to say that there aren't there are i have good friends who are s b c pastors good guys but there's too few of them yeah there's just too few what? of them they're they're trying to save the s b c but uh Honestly, I, I'm afraid they're just trying to put little floaties on the Titanic.
2: You know, yeah. what's amazed me, Justin, was the fact that here you got a, a group of men who are SBC years ago. I remember sitting down when Mark Dever came to my seminary and and hearing him lay out. He said, we several of us came up with a 20-year plan. It's the only time that you have a denomination that started going liberal, and they brought it back. It's the only denomination I know of that came conservative from going liberal. And they did it because they had this long-term plan. But this the crazy thing is the very same men that had that 20-year plan that turned it around within their own time period, they're the ones letting it go liberal again. They're the ones not taking a stand on social justice. They're the ones that aren't going to be taking a, a stand to, to do something about this. Um, now, before before you answer with that, because we just got a super chat, and for folks who don't know what a super chat is, because I know Justin is well, he's technologically well. Okay, it did take us half an hour to get him in here. Okay, uh, super chat, Justin is when people like something said or appreciate the show, they want to show it by donating money, and so it shows up in the chat and it comes up. So, uh, full full belly bear gave nineteen ninety nine. And his comment is, and so we always read the comment when someone gives a super chat, and I, I, I say this all the time, the super chats go to Karm.org. They do not go to Striving Fraternity, who actually runs this, this podcast and, and show. Um, it's the arrangement that we ended up working out with them, so that they. it's basically how we can advertise and use their their uh, channel for for that. So the money at Super Chats, go to karm.org. If you want to donate to Striving for Eternity, you can go to strivingforeternity.org slash donate. If you want to donate to Justin Peters, go to justiniwin.com. And something, I'll tell you, even if you've been out to that site, I'm going to give you a reason to go there again. And John's probably going to mute himself and go do this right now. But go to justiniwin.com. Go down and there's a video that explains the history of JustinIWin.com. But after that is a new video that Justin probably doesn't even know that's up there. But while we were in the Philippines taking a picture, of the entire church, when instead of saying cheese like one two three cheese, they said one two three Justin I Win. It was great. We have a whole church doing that. But uh, Full Belly Bear says this: Justin quote Batman unquote thinks he's the pope like preacher I saw a video of him sitting on a chair and being hoisted up on, over the shoulders and carried into a church, which proves he thinks he's spiritually better than all of us <laughs> oh that's great full belly bear yes i've I've actually I haven't released a video, but I do have a video in Philippines of Justin being hoisted up on a chair and carried into the ball that we were going to speak in. Uh because their their ramp was broken. They had a, a chair in the ramp that Justin was supposed to go on, but it was broken. So it was the only way to get him around. He he likes to be carried around.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's uh Yeah, there when I was in Ukraine, uh everywhere in Ukraine has steps. I mean, it's just literally every single place i saw had steps and the church that i was preaching at had steps and there was just no way for me to get out of them so they put me in this chair and they hoisted me up and i have you ever seen the video of uh he's dead now but um bishop eddie long several years ago and they put him in a chair and they hoisted him up and made him an apostle and wrapped him in this scroll kind of thing and that's really kind of what i felt like but uh you know i hated it but it it was it was either that or me preach outside. So <laughs> they said,
2: hey, "Well, yes. that would be called open air preaching." Yeah, just, just saying. Yeah. 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 Hey, hey, Justin, just to give you a little bit of encouragement, uh, I just as this show is going on, I want to read to you a message I just got on Facebook because even though it's it's late for us, well, it's later for me than you, but it's daytime over there in the Philippines, and someone from the Philippines is was uh, is responding to me, send me a message. Um, and just wanted to say that, uh, you know, he want to see how we're doing since we left Manila. Uh, he, he said, I keep playing and replaying uh, your podcast on the attributes of God. Uh, they're very short and easy to understand. I shared it with my wife. And then he said this, and I think this will encourage you. He said, I was able to talk to a missionary friend who goes to Victory Christian Fellowship Church, whose pastors were called out during the conference. He told me they wish the speakers talk to the church first to get context. Any, any thoughts on that? And I, My thoughts that I told him is we, we tried. We, we asked before and afterwards. They declined to meet with us. There's no need to meet with them when, you know, they're pu- they were public statements that they made. And I, I said to him is that, and he said, thanked me for clarifying this, if, if they're offended by you and I quoting them, it means they know their quotes are wrong because <laughs> they don't All want right. the quotes out there, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. I mean, if you said it, you should be proud to have it out there. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, and and I guess uh, Chris Hanholz. AKA Captain America. And, uh, I, you know, we did, you and I did take a picture. Actually, you and I in the Philippines saw in the mall Captain America. We took a picture with Captain America just because we, we wanted to feel close to Chris Hanholz, uh, from Voice of Reason Radio. And, and for folks who don't know Chris, he, he is, he's a police officer by day, Captain America by night. Um, or really what it is, is he dresses as Captain America and, and this is the part that, you know, I, I have to say nice things about him when I say this and I hate it, but he goes, he dresses up to Captain America and goes to like children's hospitals and just, that's cool. I know it like makes the day of the, these kids and it's like, okay, but I mean, we want to make fun of him because he's a grown man dressed as Captain America, but he is making the day for, for these kids. But he's obviously yeah. oh, uh, that's great. on his show, he's got the gift of gab, but here he's, he's like just like i 'm just listening, just go on without me yeah. that's so
3: cool that 's so cool uh, that 's really encouraging and and I have no doubt that that opens up opportunities for uh Captain America to share the gospel too with these uh, kids and their their parents and that um, that 's just a really cool thing
2: chris don't don 't he 's typing in the corrections don 't just type them in, unmute yourself, Mister. I got a podcast voice of reason radio. Come on. Yes, we are trying to force you onto the show. We should just all go silent until he, he, you know, it'd be for horrible radio if we did this and, you know, just make him actually say hello. People in YouTube are saying, come on, Chris, they all want to hear your voice. We want a voice of reason on this subject, sir. And he's not going to do it. We can't, we just can't get him. All right. Well Wow. I know. Captain America failed. Hey,
3: there you
5: are. I just saw Chris.
3: Where'd he go? There you are. Hey
5: Chris. Hi. <laughs> hey. Hey brother. How are you? Well, I was trying to just eat dinner and enjoy the program, but you know, Andrew being Andrew had to find a way to force me on. <laughs> <laughs> How you guys doing? Yeah. Doing well, man. Doing well. How about you? Uh, blessed, tired, <laughs> trying to stay awake for two uh, two weeks of training for my job. So, <laughs> well,
2: have you ha, ha, you? I don't know if you, have you had a chance to see this open letter to Beth Moore yet, Chris?
5: Yeah, yes, actually. Uh, I'm sure Rick, you're going to
2: deal with it on your next show, like every other podcaster's going to. But what are your thoughts?
5: Well, actually, Rich, uh, Rich and I. Uh, recorded yesterday because of my training and so it's going to drop tomorrow morning and that was what we led with um, I think the letter that Michelle and the other ladies put together is I think it was solid I think it addresses a, a, a genuine a genuine problem that it a lot of folks simply are trying to ignore and that's she's Bethmore has a history of spending time and promoting people who are very problematic at a minimum downright heretical at the worst. And she never seems to catch any kind of uh, any, any problems or any concern for it. And so I think it's an entirely appropriate to say, okay, here you are someone who is very much uh, about lately social justice. You're talking about misogyny. You're talking about racism, uh, part and parcel with the whole social justice intersectionality issue is the LGBT group and if you are so remarkably silent yet you're maintaining these associations with people who promote this, where do you stand because this is important you're 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 jumping into their camp you're making pitches for them by saying we need to be part of this social justice movement if you're going to make that pitch and I think Bodie balcom said it perfectly you have to be all in you don't get to pick and choose when it comes to the social justice movement you can't Say, oh, I'm okay on um, issues of racism, but not LGBT. You will be devoured alive. Ask Martina Navratilova what happened when she did that. You know, outspoken lesbian tennis player who said, no, transgender men should not be in women's sports. And they destroyed her for it. Yep. So Beth Moore is you know, being remarkably silent. She's going to have to answer this at some point. I think it's better that Christians ask her this question and ask her to uh, take a stance than she finds herself in the crosshairs of the the social justice movement. Yeah. Yeah.
3: That's exactly right. Yeah. If if she were to come out with a biblical position on homosexuality, uh, she would lose her woke card. uh, In in a heartbeat. Yeah. And I'd say this too, Chris, because what, what you just said jogged my thinking in this way as well. She, she professes her love for Jen Hatmaker and Jonathan Merritt. I would like to know, and I wish this question was in the letter. I would like to know, Beth, um, if you say, if you believe the, what the Bible says about homosexuality, have you evangelized these people? Mm. Have you given them yeah. the gospel? You say you love them. You say you love them. Well, have have you lovingly told Jonathan Merritt that if he dies in the state that he is in, he will perish for all of eternity? Because the Bible says that he will. So, um, yeah, that. I th- I think this is a letter that Beth Moore just can't answer but in not answering it she has answered it.
5: No, I abso- I absolutely agree with that. It's she is such a popular figure that it does in and lifeway you can be sure her handlers right now are just absolutely keeping her away from any response to this because they yeah. know the second she steps out if she endorses LGBT lifestyle as being as Jen Matt- Hatmaker put it uh, relationships that can be holy, right? Half the SBC, despite where it's going, is going to you know jettison her yeah. if she if she denies that LGBT can be holy and that it is sin. There goes the other half. So this is for her. This is a public relations nightmare, and that's yeah. not what was intended, but it, it's going to be.
3: Yeah, yeah, and 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 I hope I hope that it is. I, I hope that it it smokes her out for who she really is because. She is not the the uh, theological conservative that people think her think her to be. In fact, just today on Twitter, I had a uh, I can't remember his name uh, Bird something Bird. Anyway, he's a professor of New Testament, professor of theology at a seminary, and he was he was going to bat for Beth Moore and accuse me (laughs) accuse me of uh, of of uh, covering for abuse from men because because of this open letter that uh, that I think she ought to answer, uh, then that means I uh, uh, oppose her calling out abuse from men, sexual abuse from men. So I must be in favor of men sexually abusing women.
2: Well, the fact and, is there there is, is sexual abuse that goes on, but the, the here's the interesting reality: the same reason that the sexual abuse goes on is the same reason that the abuse of allowing a woman to preach goes on because people are not living and following by the scriptures. Yeah. You're allowing other things to be more important than God's word. And you're not practicing completely what the scriptures say in the church. And it goes for both. So it's kind of, ironic because on one hand she wants to reject the scriptures so she could be preaching at a pulpit on a Sunday morning and yet she's upset because other people were not following the scriptures and sexually abusing people well but wait a minute both are wrong according to scripture once you reject the scripture and say it's cultural well then what gives you the right to say the sexual abuse is not cultural as well Because, you know, I don't know if you guys realize, but, um, and I can't remember if I heard this on Al, I think it was on Al Mohler's briefing today, that uh, they're actually in Teen Vogue, a teen magazine that's supposed to be about teen fashion. They had an article promoting prostitution as a real job to teenagers, to 13-year-olds. Promoting prostitution as a way of making money to 13-year-olds. You don't think that this culture is trying to redefine everything in the realm of sexuality?
4: Yeah. The headline actually <clears throat> read, sex work is real work.
2: Yes. Yeah. So, insanity. Insanity all around us. All right. So, let's... let's. I want to shift gears to Word of Faith for, for um, at least the, the time we have left uh, since... No one else came in. There was someone who came in and we didn't get a chance to add him in because he just dropped out. But um, I'm going to I'm gonna let the expert who is in here answer an email that we got at Striving for Eternity. The reason I'm doing this is basically that way I could just, I was going to just say my re- email response was going to be go to justinpeters.org. Uh, that was, <laughs> but better yet, I will actually ask this of the man behind Justin Peters of Justin Peters ministries uh, full belly bear just gave another super chat said, can women can, can women straight preach to the lost? Okay. So before we move on, let's answer that. Um, Cause we may have some differing opinions here. Uh, I'll go first. I'll put this, the stake in the ground. Justin's going to disagree with me to a, to a degree um, possibly. <laughs> so, First off, let me let me correct the the question. He and and full belly bear gave a dollar ninety nine for for that question. So, um, I guess that's one way to make sure a question gets answered. Right? You 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 give a super chat. And we're gonna we're gonna ask the question. Okay. So first off, I have a problem with the way it's worded. Can a woman street preach to the lost? I don't think it's preaching. If it's preaching, like if she's opening a Bible like we would do on a Sunday morning, and she is reading a text of scripture, exegeting that text, explaining the meaning of the text, giving the application of the text, then I would say no. Okay? Because we don't don't see it. Now, can a woman evangelize a man? Well, I have a lot of reasons I don't think it's wise, but I think a woman can evangelize a person. Now, if a woman is talking to one-on-one, can she do, like, Ray Comfort's good person test? Can she do that? Okay, I would say sure. Can she... Share her testimony. Sure. Could she just read scripture? I, I would probably say, sure. Can she do it one-on-one? Yes. So if she could do it one-on-one, can she do it with with three or four people or five people or however many people? I, I would say maybe, but if she's going to, you know, when, when you put her up on a box and she's seen in a, in a position where maybe she could be seen as an authority, now it becomes a little bit of a different area. Now, let me say this. I cannot look, I, I, I can't look at the passage in 1 Timothy 2 and say that that's going to apply because the street is not church, okay? And I think 1 Timothy 2 is within the church. Um, I think that there's some issues there that are gray areas, but I think what is clear is she cannot exegete scripture the way we would do in a church, I would have real issues with that. Can she share how she got saved? Can she just read a scripture verse and let God do the work through the scripture. Can she just do a good person test like Ray Comfort does? I, I would say, okay. I don't know that I'm comfortable. I'm not super comfortable with her doing it on a box, but that's, there's multiple reasons for that. Justin's going to have a different take. And I think, it you know, he's, he's almost swayed me. And so maybe this will be the, this may be the one that pushes me over the headship issue. Uh, Justin, I had a long talk about this and, and he, he, I'll be honest with you uh, folks. I've talked about this issue of women open air evangelizing and I would say that I've heard a lot of different arguments. I think Justin gives the best argument I've ever heard against it. Now, I've kind of set him up pretty high to, to like, you know, there's high expectations now, but uh, that's why I went first so that he can now convince me. Maybe by the end of the show, I'm going to repent and change my view completely, but I'm close. I will admit from our last conversation, he's got me very close. So go ahead, Justin.
3: <laughs> wow, you, you, you lift me up. So now I'm trying to remember what I said to him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, your issue is about headship, and the example everywhere we see in Scripture of headship. And so that was the...
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you just, there, there's, uh, there's something to be said for this. There's something to be said. It, it, it was not a random flip of the coin that all of the apostles were men. That was not a random flip of the coin. It's not a a random flip of the coin that all of the elders and the church planners and the evangelists, and uh, th- that they were all men. That that's not a random thing. That was by design. And uh, even in Acts chapter six, I was I was reading today in Acts chapter six, uh, you have an issue that raised up. In fact, it was the first real kind of a crisis issue in the in the in the early church, and it had to do with the collection of. Uh, for the widows, you know, uh, to to care for them. And it's interesting, in fact, I'll I'll just flip open to it right here. Uh, Now at this time, actually after 6 verse 1, at this time while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. So the twelve apostles summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, uh, It is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit of wisdom, whom we we may put in charge of this task. So, uh, you know, here you have the kind of first uh, crisis issue that arose in the church, and and the apostles said, Select from among you seven men, not, not women. And this order to care for the widows, so you know it's a, a good opportunity for uh, to put ladies in charge of helping the widows, right? But no, they said choose seven men to do it. So all throughout, you see, you see men taking the leadership roles in the home, in the church. Um, there's just, I just think there's absolutely no biblical case to be made for women preaching. Um, Theoretically, Andrew, I agree with you that that a woman could one on one share the gospel. I, I agree. I do not recommend it. I think you can run into all kinds of uh, potential difficulties there and, and misunderstandings. And so, uh, I encourage men to do that with men and women to do that with women out on the streets. Um, but yeah, when you when you step up and you start taking the word of God and Reading it and expounding on it, you've you've entered a different realm. Even though you're not in church, out on Main Street, standing on a box. Granted, you're not in a church per se, but that is still uh, you are you are still taking, by virtue of the fact that you're expositing God's Word, you're you're taking a position of authority because of what God's Word is authoritative. But uh, yeah, I just I just. There's just a, no biblical case that can be made for a, a woman to open air preach. Um, just goes against the natural order of things, goes against
2: what we see in Scripture. So, so, um, I, you know, we got a couple of... Wa- w- huh? Was that what
3: you
5: were talking about?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, Chris, were you going to say something?
5: Uh, I just I didn't really have anything planned about that. I was just would agree with with Justin actually i mean scripture is pretty evident about the headship and it ties back to god's created order and when we try to make the case that well if if women can do this or women can do that and, and you know then we maybe we can twist it this way or go that way i think we're t- stepping outside of that a little bit <clears throat> and now it's like well where are all the caveats how, how, what things can can we do? How Can we do it this way? Can we not do it that way? And I think that's part of the problem is, is, is rather than looking at how has God laid this out? What is the order he set up? H- how do we see it modeled in scripture? How do we see it modeled in the church? And let's do it that way. It's like we're trying to say, well, what are the ways we can get closest to the edge here and be okay? I mean, that's right. that's where I look at it. And I used to be one of those that I didn't see that it was a big deal. But the more I look at it, and I, and, and, and the more I've heard the arguments, uh, kind of like Andrew over, uh, over time, there's been a lot of arguments made, and some were not so nice on either side. Um, ultimately, it came down to, we're saying to people, repent and believe the gospel. We're, we're giving commands when we share the gospel. Yeah. And if you are preaching this from the box, if you're on the street corner commanding this, you're you're speaking with a level of authority. And this is not a... Uh, a situation where you can, you know, unless you were at a, a place where you knew it was just only women, I think you would have a hard time being able to say you're not exercising authority to anybody in earshot. And I, I see that as being problematic at a minimum. So I, I agree with Justin on this. I think yeah. it ties back to his created order. We see it uh, the headship, male headship throughout Scripture, and that reflects God's relationship with the church through Jesus Christ. I don't think we want to mess with that.
3: Yeah. Uh, and and uh, yeah, kudos to everything you just said, Chris. And uh, and I would throw in one other thing just for clarification, and in addition to what we're talking about, just to support it and maybe clarify a little bit. Uh, the question was, can a woman should preach? Uh, really, the question should be, should a woman preach? It, it we're not talking about a matter of ability. I have no doubt that there are many, many women who could, who have the ability to do it, who have the scriptural knowledge uh, that that theoretically would have the ability to do it. But that's not the issue. We're not we're not talking about are women as spiritual as men? Are they? Can they know as much doctrine as men? We're not talking about that. We're, We're talking about should she? Is she permitted to? So uh, I just want to make that very clear for all of our listeners or viewers or whatever, that, that we're not talking about uh, a lack of ability or capability, it's roles. It's should she, not really can she. Does that make sense?
2: Yes. Yes. And, and uh, just for... Uh, that some we get some more super chats in. Full Belly Bear gave four ninety nine, saying, "Andrew's such a gentleman that he doesn't want women standing on the box because they might slip and get hurt." That's exactly the reason. That's the reason. That's why. <laughs> Jason Manning gives two dollars and says, "Jesus is Lord, praise Jesus." So <laughs> we we have that. Uh, it's nice that I'm thought to be a gentleman. <laughs> oh. I would, I would like to hear Chris Honholz say that I'm a gentleman. That that Now that would be neat. I'd have to clip that and use that often.
5: Andrew, you're a gentleman.
2: Oh, I'm clipping that. <laughs> hey, uh, speak, speaking of clips, you know, I have something I've always wanted to be able to play. I've never had a use for this clip yet, and I really still don't have a use. But, you know, Justin Peters is going to have a new podcast. Do you guys know that? He's, he, do you know okay this is gonna be really bad. I, I'm gonna say this but Justin Peters has one one episode that he started to, to start his podcast and basically what happened was is that he hasn't done any since then. <laughs> uh, okay guys guys, Justin Peters has almost 700 downloads. On a clip that just says, coming soon.
4: Man, I don't even think I've got that combined ever since February.
2: There are people, Justin, that are like... In
1: imagine if he gets an actual podcast out.
5: In three years of podcasting, the one podcast episode we have that's the highest is about 250, 270 downloads. That was with Michelle Leslie as a guest. So him doing an introductory podcast has outclassed all of our other shows.
2: <laughs> so you see, Justin, what, what that says is there are a lot of people that really, really, really are anxious. They, that tells me that those people have subscribed and they're waiting. They're waiting. But I, I'll give you, I'll give you guys some behind the scenes. This was, this was. <clears throat> me trying to introduce Justin when we did that. So I'll, I'll play this for for your enjoyment at my expense. Hi, I'm Andrew Rappaport from the Christian... The exact, let me do that again. Yikes. <laughs> I'm all nervous with Justin here. It must That must be it. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm very intimidating. <laughs> so there you heard it. Justin admits he's very intimidating. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I grabbed that because I said there's gotta be some time where that could be used for fun, so now is the time I guess. All right. <laughs> so Justin, we got an email into Striving for Eternity. And it the the subject was holy laughter. Okay. So uh this is one that you're better equipped to handle than me and uh, so I'm thinking if you give an answer here, I could just direct them not only to justinpeters.org, but also to, to here to be able to hear your answer. <clears throat> but here's the question I w- I'd like you to, to see if you can give an answer. Um, uh, it, well, okay, it says, I'm a Pentecostal believer and a believer in everything that comes with that doctrinally, but I have been young in the ministry and I, I just have seen people who laugh hysterically at things uh, like the Toronto Blessing. Do you affirm guys like uh, Rodney Howard Brown and Bill Johnson and movements such as that, or do you see them as not the work of the spirit? It's been hard because guys like David Wilkinson think it is not and I just want to be firm on uh, firm on one because, to me, first seeing it made me grieve a little. Immediately, red flagged in my spirit. I'm young. I just going on in the ministry and want to be led correct. So, what, how we,
3: what's this young man's name? Are you at liberty to
2: say? Uh, his name is David. David, is he is, is he watching? I have no idea if he's watching. I did. I, I realized I should like that I was going to ask you this, and I said I should have emailed him and told him. But I'm going to send him the clip. Uh, I'll you know send him where where this is in in the clip. So if you want to speak directly to David, go ahead.
3: Yeah, yeah, David. Uh, I'm, I'm so glad you sent that question in, and uh, I was really touched actually by. For one, your uh, humility and acknowledging that you're young and you have a lot to learn. I mean, we all do, but, uh, you know, being young, um, you know, us older guys, we've got a little bit more, uh, a little bit more in the rearview mirror than you do. A right little bit
2: today. more gray in the beard, you mean there?
3: Yeah, I got lots of gray in my beard. But, um, uh, yeah, I appreciate your uh, humility in, in recognizing that, and, uh, and also, I was, I was, I was encouraged by what you said how when you saw this, you grieved at it, and you know what honestly um that to me sounds like the working of the Holy Spirit inside of you that you see something even though you may not know why it's wrong, it just instinctively grieves you, and uh there's a reason that it grieves you because it's not right, it's not biblical. Uh, As with anything that we see practiced, our first question that we need to answer is, is it biblical? Is there any scriptural support for this? And the fact of the matter is, is that there's not. There's not. In, In fact, we see the opposite in scripture. When we see men who find themselves in the presence of God, Old or New Testament, we see people who are overwhelmed by the holiness of God, overwhelmed by their own sinful state. Uh, Even John, writing the book of Revelation, this is an apostle, he's writing the book of Revelation, Uh, uh, when Christ appeared to him, fell as a dead man. Uh, uh, We see see Isaiah saying, woe is me, for I am ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. We we don't see anyone in the Bible getting their chuckles off of God. We, it's just completely foreign to Scripture. Uh, the opposite of that is, is true. We see people overwhelmed by His holiness, and they fall in reverence before Him. Not they—they they don't laugh at Him. So um, it's—it's it's very unbiblical. It's a pagan practice. Actually, Hindus do this. People in Hindu Kundalini laugh uncontrollably. It's not something that Christians ought to do. So. All of your concerns are very warranted, and that check in your spirit that you had, there's a reason you had that check in your spirit. So,
2: Yeah, and I would concur with everything that you said. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff. I mean, he mentioned some other stuff with uh, uh, some individuals. Oh,
3: yeah. um, Rodney Howard Brown and Bill Johnson. Yeah, these are wolves. These are false teachers. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, the Toronto blessing and the the Brown revival... Um, for folks who may not know who some of these people are or what the Toronto blessing or the, the revival, the Brown revival, or some of this holy laughter, could you, could you explain to folks what some of this stuff is? I mean, I, I and I'll give you my, my take and then, I'll, because you're going to ha- expand on it and answer much better than I do. But to me, it just seems like it starts off with, Oh, I can speak in tongues. I, I feel more spiritual cause I'm doing, I have this personal experience and then I get a word of the, the Lord. I feel, uh, you know, like I could do more because I got this, I got, I'm, I'm even more spiritual. And it, it becomes this thing where I have to outdo that, that experience, that emotional experience to get a, a high almost. Like I, I have to keep going to where now it's, it's barking like dogs. It's this holy laughter. They have holy vomiting. They have uh, all kinds of things where people are claimed to be drunk in the spirit and they act like they're drunk. And you see this stuff, and it—you know—you know—it reminds me of. It reminds me, you. Back when I was in in high in college, I used to work at a bar, and I used to be—I've done everything. I was a bartender. I was—I used to—I ended up making most of the money, you know, just doing being outside the bar with the parking the cars. I was actually a bouncer, even by the way, uh, Justin. That that might—you know—my big huge build. Uh, I was—I was actually a bouncer. <laughs> But the thing was, is that I was the one bouncer. No one, I I was the bouncer. Like the the other bouncers used to laugh because I was the guy that didn't look intimidating until you had to deal with me. And uh, half the time, I just used my brains. I'd be like, you know, I'd I'd get in someone's face and be like, I want, I want you outside. You and I, right now. And I'd pop the side door open, and they'd march right out, and I'd just close it behind them. (laughs) (laughs) but you know, I'd see these people being completely sober and I'd watch them and they looked so foolish to me. And that's what I, I see with a lot of these movements. Could you explain what some of them are? What's, what's, what's Bethel about? What's IHOP about? These different names mentioned. Maybe you could go into some of those.
3: Oh yeah. There's uh, an awful lot there, but per, to what you were just saying, one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control, where to be sober-minded self-control, and what you see in the charismatic movement is the exact opposite of that, uh, so it's not the work of the Holy Spirit um, uh, yeah, you, you have things like the Toronto blessing, the Pensacola revival, the Brownsville revival um, um, uh, uh, the Lakeland about 10 years ago with Todd Bentley, but these supposed moves of the Holy Spirit uh, with within the charismatic movement, it, it's all of these movements, whether it's Toronto, Brownsville, Pensacola, uh, there's one going on now in Mobile, Alabama, uh, all of these things are marked by false prophecies, unbiblical theology, um Heretical Christology, oftentimes, a lack of preaching on repentance, an emphasis on signs and wonders and feelings and emotions and experiences, and in everything that the Bible does not focus on, is what these people focus on. Um, their emphasis is on the Holy Spirit, and yet we know from Scripture the Holy Spirit always points to Christ. He doesn't. He never points to himself. He always points to Christ. So uh, they, they, they are they are rife with um, the, it, it's kind of like a, a modern day version of uh, Finneyism in a sense. Finney, whenever he preached, you know, with his decisional regeneration, and uh, he would have lots of numbers. But after he left, the the town that he was in was left in a worse state than it was before he got there, and they started calling it the burned over districts because it was so uh, rife with immorality and debauchery, even after these supposed revivals happened. Uh, that's what you see with these, these more modern day movements is, uh, uh, you don't see a transformation of the city at all. And if, if the Holy Spirit was doing the work that they claim he is doing, uh, you would see some fruit of that, but you just don't. It's, it's a modern day burned over district when you, when you see these things prop, crop up. Um, uh, uh, I've, I've been to a lot of these meetings personally. And I've been to Lakeland, uh, uh, and and I can tell you there is hardly any gospel being preached. There, it might have a little bit of a the lingo there, but there's no emphasis on awareness of sin, personal holiness, genuine repentance, taking up the cross. It's all about getting a buzz. It's all about getting some going from one experience to the next. These ridiculous manifestations, these ridiculous emotional outbursts, um, uh, emphasis on on prophecies that are always false, um, so that God has nothing to do with this stuff. It's all purely pagan uh, and driven by emotion and experience, not by the Word of God. So, other than that, I have no problem with them. (laughs) Other than that... Yeah,
2: other than that, they're fine. Okay, so let me let me ask uh, a, a question. I I don't remember where I saw this. Was this, if, it could have been Twitter? It could be anywhere. But uh, the question that I saw asked was, uh, oh, I saw it on on Facebook. Um, someone asked, "Can I listen to Bethel music?" and and they made a comparison between Bethel listening to Bethel music and listening and, and, and eating meat offered unto idols. So they were basically saying, if the you can eat meat offered unto idols, can you listen to Bethel music? Because as long as you know that there's problems with some of the songs, listen to the other songs. And I'm guessing they're saying, you know, whether it's in a church or not, I, I don't know the context of that question, but uh, that came up. I know how I answered, but let me ask you this question first should people listen to bethel music i know your take on that so and then after that um when you say no they shouldn't because i kind of i was on the radio interview when they asked you that question so i know your answer um (laughs) but when you say no uh then the question will come up as a a follow-up okay what about meat offered unto idols is that the same thing
3: yeah, uh, no, it's not the same thing. It's, it's you're comparing apples to oranges. There's really no, no, not even a tangential relation to those two things. So they're completely a dis, disparate uh, arguments and issues that you're dealing with. Uh, yeah, you're right. No, you should not be listening to Bethel. You should not be listening to Hillsong. Jesus Culture with Bethel, Hillsong, and for fun, let's throw in. Uh, elevation church pastored by Stephen furtick uh yes of course they produce some songs that will pass a doctrinal smell test uh some of their songs are really wonky and goofy some of them some of them do pass a doctrinal smell test some of them even have a almost a almost a calvinistic bent to them believe it or not but uh And so these these songs are enormously popular, and I've been in in churches, in good churches, doctrinally sound churches, that sing Hillsong songs. And it makes me bristle, because here's the danger. The unsuspecting person sitting out there in the pew, and they're looking up on the screen, and they're singing the lyrics, and they notice down in the bottom left-hand corner, I think it is, bottom left-hand corner, uh, music by Hillsong. Oh, Hillsong. Uh, well, we're singing their music, so I think I'll check them out. They must be okay. We're singing their music, so I'll check them out. So these churches, quote, unquote, because they're not churches. Hillsong's not a church. Bethel is not a church. Elevation Church is not a church. Uh, But for lack of a better word, that's what they call themselves. But these churches use their music as a hook to pull you into their heretical system. To pull you into their false theology. They use their music as fundraisers. They make enormous amounts of money off of royalties. Uh, selling their music and uh, churches are feeding the beast, so to speak. Make enormous amounts of money off of their music. That's one thing. And you're supporting a cult when you do that. Uh, but also you, they, they use it as a hook to pull you into their theology. It's it's kind of like a twisted outreach for them, their own twisted version of evangelism, if you will. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just bristle when I uh, go into a church and they sing Hillsong songs. I mean, it, it, I, I tell you what, you come to my church, Cooten Community Church, ain't no Hillsong going on in our church. Um, <laughs> uh, we don't even sing Michael W. Smith songs, much less Hillsong and all this stuff. So anyway. Um, that's how I feel about that it's, okay. it's, it's, it's dangerous it's very very dangerous
2: alright and so uh, f- <laughs> we're getting a lot of super chats tonight uh, Full Belly Bear Justin you're, you're bringing out people that are just liking this And <laughs> so Full Belly Bear gives $4.99 and he says Clint Eastwood has a lot to say on this on the YouTube channel Lutheran Satire <laughs>
3: oh, that is so funny that is, that is one of the funniest things if, all right uh, yeah that, that's just gold i love that yeah love let's
2: l- let's see can we find can we find clint eastwood uh because that i think you made me watch that um and that was hysterical uh clint eastwood lutheran I'm, I'm guessing this lutheran satire let's see we could share screen. That should be able to work. You you made me watch this. Aren't you glad I did? Yeah. So let me uh, let me share my screen and um, just you know uh, if you guys hear it okay, give me a thumbs up. Just you know in the screen you don't have to say anything, but just so I know that uh, you're hearing it. So let me share this. And here we go. It's only. Oops, Only three minutes long, so let's enjoy. Oh, wait, I know what I'm going to need to do first. Hold on. (laughs) Okay, now let's see if you'll hear it.
0: Okay, where do you want me to stand? Right in front of the mic is good. And you guys just want me to read some hymns? Oh, these are better than hymns. Way more inspiring and relevant. Oh, I feel like dancing, it's foolishness, I know, but when the world has seen the light, they will dance with joy like we're dancing now, yeah. This is a religious song? Yeah. About God? Yes. The Bible God? That's the one. Ugh. In the secret, in the quiet hour, I wait only for you because I want to know you more. I want to touch you. I want to see your face. So you're telling me that people sing this stuff in church? Yeah men sing this in church well usually just the guy in the praise band sings it everyone else just puts their hands up in the air and sways to the soothing soft rock rhythm like they're at a phil collins show in 1986. well that sounds about right freedom 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 when oceans rise my soul will rest in your embrace for i am yours and you are mine you sure I got the right words here? Because this doesn't much sound like church music to me. What does it sound like? Like what would happen if my six-year-old granddaughter married a Care Bear and they wrote their own wedding vows. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes. Yeah, this is worse than the script for Pink Cadillac. All right, next song. Uh. What's the matter, Clint? Well, I guess I'm just a bit confused. This Christian music doesn't really talk about grace or forgiveness in any meaningful way. In fact, a lot of it doesn't even mention Christ by name. Right, so what's the problem? Well, since Paul says in Colossians 3.16 that the purpose of sacred music is to teach people who Jesus is and what he's done for us, you'd think that people who write sacred music today might at least want to name drop the Son of God into one of their little ditties. (laughs) Yeah, you'd think that, but no. I will call upon your name And by call upon your name, I mean never actually say your name in this song When oceans rise, I'm gonna sing the theme from back to the future because it's pretty much the same chord progression dude why are you making fun of all our songs well maybe it's because i don't much care for it when christians toss their greatest musical treasures in the garbage in order to sing a bunch of josh groban knockoff barely religious cheeseball ballads for soccer moms What, you know something better? Well, how about this? Now I will cling forever to Christ, my Savior, true. My Lord will leave me never, whatever he passes through. He rends death's iron chain. He breaks through sin and pain. He shatters hell's dark thrall. I follow him through all. Dude, that was awesome. Can we record that with the band? Are they any good? Oh, we've got the best praise band in the state. These guys can play anything. Alright, let them know the song has three sharps and seven chords. Yeah, okay, well never mind then, Mozart. Everybody blames the Lutherans.
2: Alright, so there you go. That's some good stuff from uh, Lutheran Satire, which is always fun to do. Uh, so we'll stop sharing there. Yikes! Okay. Um, so, yeah, that that's uh, some good stuff that you made me watch one day.
3: <laughs> yeah, that my the, my favorite line is like my six year old granddaughter married a Care Bear. <laughs> <when I was. laughs> that is gold. That is, yeah,
2: yeah, that's some good stuff. All right. So <laughs> So I guess with that uh James dropped out. Everyone dropped out but Chris. Chris is here. He's got his headphones on. So now he's now he's ready to do some some real podcasting now. Now he's ready. He's he probably has his professional mic there. The kids have have left the, him alone. They closed the door behind him. So Chris, if you had one opportunity to ask Justin Peters anything, now is it? No pressure. no pressure.
5: Put me on the spot. Oh wait, oh,
2: and, my, wow. and and Justin, if there was ever a time that you that you wanted to ask Captain America anything, I mean, now is the time that you'd be able to ask Captain America himself. You know, like what what was it like being trapped in water for what was it forty years? You could ask him that.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well. I tell you, if it was if I would say how can we be how can you play a character like Captain America and be so liberal politically? This guy's really way out. <laughs> I was so disappointed when I saw that, when I saw quotes from him and he's just way out there in La La Land, left field big time and yet he plays Captain America. I'm like, Oh, come on. I, I was almost as disappointed as when I found out Andy Griffith was also a liberal. I found out he was living I'm like, Oh, come on, seriously, Andy Griffith? Yeah. But Chris, uh I am sure that I, I mean I just I think what you do is so great. Uh I'm sure that is you have had to have had to have had uh many opportunities to share the gospel with people through through this, what you're doing, is that right?
5: I would like to say that's the case. Andrew tends to inflate what I've done uh, a little bit.
2: I've seen pictures. Okay. I I didn't, you also go to Comic-Con and and things like that, which, Hey, those are great opportunities to share the gospel too, by the way, but I've seen pictures of you at the hospital. I tend to focus on the positive.
5: (laughs) There's been two uh, times when I've gone and it's been with, um, with other groups that were not religious. So I was kind of subject to what they were, what they wanted to do. So I didn't really get an opportunity to talk with the kids. Um, so, but it's it, getting a chance to, to see their faces and, and, and uh, be there. Uh, that has always been enjoyable, but it's, it's a secondary thing at most that I'll do. Uh, it started as a thing with my family. So, my primary desire is to to do what Rich and I try to do, and that's spend time talking to people about Christ and share it online and share the gospel that way. Yeah. Um, it's like like I said, Andrew loves to make a, a lot of this. It it tends to be the truth is it's a very small portion of what I spend my time doing. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah.
3: Well, I, well, I, think it's
5: great, I, think
2: I mean, it's I'm just judging by your Facebook. I mean. Look anybody listen anyone go out to Chris Honhold's Facebook and just look at how many pictures that just examine the pictures and you decide if his life is Captain America I it, it it just looks like it is
5: it's a hobby and so I share my hobby I but if you look at my Facebook and my Twitter it's also filled with far more. Uh, stuff from Voice of Reason Radio over the last three years.
2: <laughs> well, I'm just glad, and, and this will be my first chance of saying that I'm very glad that Voice of Reason Radio has been consistent over the past several months. And It's shocking, but you guys, like, have you guys missed an episode since I gave you all that grief about missing episodes?
5: Only one. We, we did miss one episode, but we ran a rerun, which was something we had not done before. And thankfully we have like three years with the podcast we can do that with now. Um, but we've tried to be very consistent because thanks to your generosity and being able to be at a uh, shepherd's conference, it, it gave me an entirely different perspective on what we've been doing because I got to meet face to face. Some people who listen to the program and we're, we're a small program, but the fact that you still get to even occasionally meet someone or talk to someone who has been impacted by the program that changed my attitude greatly. And, um, I, I began to realize there was something that even though we'll, we may never have the, the massive reach of some of the other programs, which is entirely fine. We don't need that. Um, Anybody that listens, God is using that for his purposes. And so I wanted us to be a bit more consistent about that. Uh,
2: I, I take issue with what you said. Uh, I, I am not generous. I, I take issue with that. Okay? There's no evidence okay. that either one of you, n- oh, yeah, neither I'm one sure. of you would be
5: evidence that same facebook <laughs> twitter stuff that andrew was talking about go back and look for the one where i show you the the beautiful crossway esv preaching bible that i did not purchase he did so just understand you
2: wanted and, to know what buttery, but but how did you say it? buttery soft
5: but buttery soft and that was the phrase that was used when the preacher's bible came out and all the pastors went gaga over the goatskin leather and i went now I understand.
2: <laughs> I have I have mine right here. I, I love my ESV goatskin. Um actually I I ended up I ended up getting a second one. Hold on. Because this one's the the two has the two columns. I like the one column and I ended up um getting to be able to get a second one because of someone. Look at look at that. See, you got the look at that. The one column, that's the one I like better. The, the one column. So, I, but I, I I take issue with that. I don't think there's evidence. Justin, I win. Um, everyone should go to com. Enjoy the videos. Enjoy the pictures and donate. Just saying. Donate to justinpeters.org. Um, can I? Hey, Chris, do you, what do you think? Do you mind if I embarrass Justin Peters a bit?
5: Like, I like whether I say yes or no will matter.
2: Well, that's true. <laughs> let, 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 <laughs> folks, let me give you some reasons you should go to JustinIWin.com and donate to Justin Peters. And, and just in the comments section, just put hashtag JustinIWin, share it online so that people know you gave to him, and that way more people can give to him. But, Justin, just this year, just just this year, not the whole time you're just this year, I want you to think about how many countries you've been in He's going to have to count this up. I already see that the the gears are turning. How many countries have you been in this year alone?
3: Okay, thus far I've been in um, Honduras, Philippines, Ukraine, um, Canada. So I I guess.
2: And the United States?
3: Well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so So technically five, but uh, four, four, four international,
2: uh, four international countries just this year. Now, now, folks, listen: Ukraine, Uganda, Philippines.
3: Well, no, uh, not Uganda. Um, oh, which uh, Ukraine, Philippines, and
2: Honduras. Honduras, sorry, Honduras. Sorry. Okay, so just think about those places. Think about, okay, Justin is in his motorized scooter, which doesn't work well in a lot of these places. Okay. Um th- let me tell you why I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get myself in such trouble, Chris. And I'm gonna Don't do it anyway. Huh?
5: Don't roll me into this. <laughs>
2: Is I yours. I might need Captain America to bail me out of this one, folks. Yeah,
5: dog, you got this one on your own. <laughs> on your own.
2: <laughs> Here's the reason I would encourage you guys to donate to JustinPeters.org. Okay, every single one of you. I want those who are listening right now. As long as you're not driving, get onto the website JustinIWin.com. Okay, go over there and send a donation. I'll tell you why. Let's get enough money together for Justin so that he could travel with someone so that he could take a ministry partner when he travel. I've been able to, I've been privileged enough to be able to travel with him on some of these things. And I can tell you he, he won't, he's like, no, 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 I could try to manage. I could, he tries to manage everything in these places where, I mean, we were joking earlier about them, lifting him up in a chair because he can't, you know, he can't walk long distances Um. He has the crutches. For folks that don't know, Justin has cerebral palsy. I remember I interviewed Phil Johnson on my Rap Report podcast, and we were talking afterwards because Phil was also supposed to be going to the Ukraine, not as long as Justin. He was going just for a shorter trip. And and Phil Johnson said to me, he says, you know, for me to go to the Ukraine is a big deal. It's a lot of effort. He goes, I don't know how Justin does this. How does he go everywhere like this? Because it's not designed for someone with his his handicap. Folks, if we could get enough money to Justin Peters Ministries, maybe Justin would be able to take Captain America with him everywhere. (laughs) I mean, there's no one better than Captain America, I'm just saying.
5: (laughs) If you could genuinely get Captain America, go now, for it. Now, I mean, think of it; it could
2: be it could be Batman and Captain America. I mean, what better duo? That, that's the team right there, right? <laughs> but but all, in all seriousness, you know, a lot of these trips that Justin does, he does alone, and you know, maybe we could donate enough money when he does these trips. um, He could take someone with him, have, have the resources to, to bring another person to be able to help him out. Just a thought. So folks get out there right now, start donating, go to justin.iwin.com, put in the, in the comments, hashtag JustinIWin, because that gives me bragging rights in a back and forth battle that Justin and I have had over who could, who could out bless each other. And so by doing that, you're basically giving me bragging rights over Justin that, uh, I've, I've, you know, made sure that I win the battle of bragging rights by making sure I implore all of you to donate to Justin Peters. Um, he tried to get me back. He, he, Justin, you bought a book, most expensive book that you ever paid for. Why don't you tell that story, how you tried to get me back?
3: Oh, man. I you know, I, I, I don't want, I want it to sound like I'm... Like I'm uh, patting myself on the back I'd,
2: after all the abuse I give you. See, this is the thing. This is the advantage I have: is he won't do it. He just won't. Even if I give him abuse, I have, I have gotten way more people to donate to your ministry <laughs> than what you paid for that book.
3: You have, yes, you have. So I, yeah, I guess since you put it like that, I mean, I, I did. Um, we had a you when you were at our church. We had a an auction for one of your
2: books and um to go to the ministry by the way. Not to, to go me. go
3: to the ministry and I I wanted to have some way to return to you my a token of my appreciation. And so Jim Osman, our pastor, he started the bid, I don't know what it was, started at five bucks or something like that. And and a couple of people raised their hand and he went up to ten and I raised my hand and then like fifteen I raised my hand again. Then I just started outbidding myself. <laughs> just <laughs> I just outbid myself because I wanted to. I wanted to return the favor. So, I, yeah, I don't. I don't even know how. Every time he, he threw out a number, I just kept raising my hand.
2: It was like the the, yeah. the best part of it was when you did that the first time, and he, and it dawned on him what's about to happen, and and, and, and and he realized Justin is getting you back, and we just we looked at each other, looked at you, and, and finally he's just like. Justin, why don't you just save us some time. How high do you want to go? <laughs> like just, yeah. Instead of you outbidding yourself, like he's just like, is anyone else going to bid above this? No. So, Justin, how much do you want to give? <laughs>
0: yeah,
3: I think I quit bidding somewhere around one hundred and forty bucks for your book. <laughs> hey, but I got your book, man.
2: Yeah, you got you got it, and, and for for that much, I, I definitely signed it. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I should have signed it. #Hashtag Andrew I Win. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that would have been good.
3: He had no idea what I was about to do. It was
2: all on me. Yeah, yeah. And the, the reason you're saying that is because when Jason Lyle was there, there was no auction for Jason's book, and I was starting to think maybe there was some. Hanky Panky going on with you too. But no. No, I think I, I believe that uh he had no knowledge of what you were gonna that's do. That's
3: di- that's a different denomination, Andrew. Uh,
2: no. The Hanky Panky? <laughs> oh no. Did I say no. something I don't know of? <laughs> yeah. Oh, never mind. <laughs> you
3: know, Jason Lyle Jason Lyle came out to Kootenai, and you were with us, Andrew, and I I tell you, I've never met him in per well, I, I take that back. I met him very, very briefly about a year ago, just for, like, literally two minutes. Um, but I got to spend a little bit of time with him at Kootenay here uh, last month or, or whatever it was ago. And what a nice guy. What a really, really nice guy, humble guy. Um, I really like Dr. Lyle. He's, he's a good guy.
2: Yeah, he is. Very, yeah. very down-to-earth. Yeah. Yeah, yes. No no pun intended for an astrophysicist. That really wasn't meant to be. As I said it, I'm like, yeah, whoops. Yeah. Uh so let me let me say this as well. Uh Jason Manning in the chat Justin is saying that James White on the Dividing Line addressed the professor's letter to Justin Peters about the open letter to Beth Moore. So that'll be something I'll have to listen to. Uh I haven't heard that yet. So th-
3: yeah, I actually did listen to it uh, earlier today, and and uh, James did a good job with it. Yeah, I'm very glad that he he addressed this, and and um, we we need to we need to um, this issue needs to get it's gotten a lot of traction. Uh, it needs to have more. I wish some some big news news sites would pick it up. I mean, not like Drudge or anything, but you know, like I don't know, Christian Post or Baptist Press or whatever is out there because. Uh, I uh, I think this has a potential of of uh offering a lot of clarification one way or the other. So um but I really appreciate James talking about
2: it. Well, I was already uh I hadn't done it yet. I'm going to actually do it right now. Uh I actually know who is the the man behind uh Christian News Network. And so uh, I'm going to send that to him and uh see if they'll do something with that because they should. Um, yeah. yeah. So I'll get, I'll get that out to, to him if he hasn't seen it, but there's, there's, let me, let me uh, refresh this page and see. I mean, there's almost, uh, as of now, uh, three shy of 200 signatures of ladies. And these are just ladies that are on, um, uh, it's Michelle Leslie.com. And if you go down to the post for, uh, june 19th is an open letter to beth moore just just search open letter to beth moore you'll find excuse me michelle leslie and and you can sign on there so um and i agree with what jason's saying it does need to be up on the drudge report i agree with you we we should get it up there any anyone know matt drudge if anyone out there happens to know matt drudge uh you know Please feel free to send that over to him. Uh, I think that's actually what it would take. It would, it would take like national news to pick it up for the SBC to go, oh, no, oh, no, this is a problem we actually have to address and we might need to, to deal with Beth Moore. Like, in, until the national news uh, gives them a black eye, I don't know that anything else is going to get them to respond.
3: Yeah, I, I, I think Baptist Press is probably too afraid to touch it. I I don't know, probably Christian Post too. I wish they would. Um, well, this this has the potential of being earth shaking in the evangelical world.
2: And you know, hold on. Uh, let me play this. The Southern Baptists they they actually did answer uh, her open letter. Oh no, that's just crickets. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. I thought there was actually an answer. No, there was no answer. All right. So with that, (laughs) so Justin, thanks for coming on. You gave some clarity to the issue of women as pastors, uh, the issue with Beth Moore in this open letter, which, uh, is, I agree with you. It's very important. And I do think that it does need to be answered. I don't think she will, unfortunately, but, um, and then, you know, some of the stuff with Word of Faith N A R, you are the expert in that area. So we appreciate that. Any any things, anything you're working on, any trips you're going on anytime soon, anything you wanna to share with us about uh what's going on at Justin Peters ministries?
3: Well, um the podcast is coming. Um getting um final stages of getting my intro, outro uh, working and so that that is coming uh i had a full. i was supposed to be in brazil next month uh but i'm gonna have to um i've got some surgery coming up and uh, uh i'm gonna have to have some i've got some bad discs in my in my neck so um i'm gonna have to probably have surgery in about three weeks or so something like that so i'm gonna have to take a little time off but uh lord willing i should be back up and at em. Uh, in a relatively short order. So um, I've got a pretty busy fall schedule coming up. And uh, speaking at the Truth Matters Conference, I think they still have some openings for that. That'd be great uh, for people to come out for that. Looking forward to that. So, uh, yeah, podcast and, and surgery and um, a little this, a little that. But do have some projects in the works. I'm, I'm going to write a mini book on the uh, spiritual death of Jesus, which that's a whole other, we won't need to get into that, but that's a whole other issue. So anyway.
2: Well, that's, that's good. Done. That's some good stuff. And and so the first podcast is? Guess what? When? Give me the <laughs> no, date. <when?
3: laughs> well, I don't know. For, it should be. It should be. Honestly, I, I'm hoping it should be within, let's say, let's say a week. It should be coming up within a, a week or so.
2: All right. And and uh, you and I need to to work on getting you on more than just iTunes. But uh, Chris, since you're on, I, I I don't know if you've seen in the chat, but one of your faithful, probably it, it, I'm going to guess, you'll correct me if if you think I'm wrong, but probably one of your most faithful listeners, KT, uh, she says Chris and Rich should have Andrew on as a guest or Justin or both. <laughs> so just a thought. Um, I oh, we I, would love to have Justin on. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'll be glad to come on
0: my honor.
2: Oh, definitely we should set that up. You should have them on, have him on. So any anything going on with uh Voice of Reason Radio you want to share? Um n-
5: nothing, you know, earth-shattering, nothing that we're we're you know, we don't have nearly the busy schedule that Justin has. Uh we're just trying to be a bit more as we said, said earlier, trying to be a bit more consistent and trying to uh get more programs out and be more diligent to interact with the, uh, the folks who listen to the program. So we've been very grateful for that. We, by the way, uh, yeah, I think we did pick up at least a dozen listeners, th- thanks to you, like hawking my, my show all around Shepherds Conference. So thank you for that, by the way. Only a dozen? <laughs> well, you have to remember, we started out three years ago, we were thrilled to see double digits in a week. Now we see somewhere anywhere from about 75 to a hundred in a week in in that first week when a show drops. So we're absolutely thrilled. And we did see a a little bit of a bump come up from that, uh, from Shepherds conference. So thank you for the the free advertisement. It was fantastic.
2: I got to work harder at this. Uh, I'm not happy. I wanted to see at least a hundred. Okay. (laughs) Truth matters (laughs) is coming up. Maybe I'll get a banner. Listen to voice of reason radio.
5: Oh my God. Yeah, don't do that. It probably will throw you off the campus. Um, but no, we so we're just going to continue to try to do that and try to be more faithful to the listeners. We've um, this week, like I said, we actually recorded early so that we would have something to drop tomorrow. Because um, I mean, I've been in training all week and next week for my for my uh, career field. So um, as we continue to do that and as we Uh, as God makes more opportunity for us to be uh, getting more information and more involvement. We're hoping to, I'm hoping to actually sit down and start writing again. Um, I got like complete writer's block at one point, just completely afraid of the keyboard. And so (laughs) hoping to get back into that and start putting more content on our website as well.
2: All right. And your website is
5: slave to the king.com.
2: All right. So folks be praying for Justin, as you heard about the surgery, Um, you know, he he was in the Philippines with pain, not complaining at all, and uh, you know this is the kind of guy he is. So so please, if you could, seriously donate over there to him. Uh, I know a bunch of folks were giving super chats in here that goes to Karm, but go and donate to Justin. All right, uh, if you can, I would. We would all really appreciate that, and so that would be great. So in closing, just to let you know this is a. Part of a ministry of striving for eternity. If you want to check out some of the stuff we have, you could go to strivingforeternity.org. We are part of the Christian Podcast Community, and you can go to Christian Podcast Community.org. See our growing list of podcasts. I think we're up to like ten or twelve. Or uh, we've kind of put everyone on hold for a little while <laughs> because we've had way too many coming in too quickly, and we uh, we actually had to put them on hold until uh, I'll be headed to California uh, in a week. Uh, be out there doing some work with Living Waters and. Uh, leading some teams doing some evangelism. And so then it will be down in San Diego area for, for a week. And then, uh, when we get back, we're going to start ramping that up. We have, I think, three or four new podcasts that are in different stages of being added to the community. So, uh, we have, we have a number of new ones. I, I should, I should, uh, you know, right now think, as I think about this, I should, list off some of the ones that we have. So we have Andrew Rapport's rap report. I wonder who does that one. Yeah. Um, We have Andrew Rapport's daily rap report, and that is a two-minute Monday through Friday. So the other one, the first one is a longer one, uh, where this week um, for those who are watching this live, uh, I will have, uh, Michelle Leslie on who we've been talking about that open letter. She's got, she and I'll talk about that. My daily, we're going, we're going through a series of encouragement, trying to encourage people with encouragement. Didache with Justin Peters. There's, Didache. there's one episode out there right now letting you know it's coming soon. We have been waiting anxiously. Theology gals, a uh, couple of Reformed gals who talk a lot of different issues. Uh, they're targeted toward ladies, but a lot of good content on there. Apologetics Live, that's this show. So you want to be a podcaster. That is, well, kind of as the name says, for podcasters. Good one to listen to if you are a podcaster. We have Five Solas Podcasts. Their host was in here earlier, James Watkins, Five Sola. Hmm. Wonder if they're reformed. Hmm. Hard to tell. Uh, What are we even doing here with Daryl and Karen Updike? They are uh, folks here in New Jersey, and they just sit around their kitchen table, quite literally, and talk about different issues. We've recently added The Way Radio with Chad Pridmore. If you're not familiar with Chad, he's got a very different way of dealing with addiction. He's got an addiction ministry. He's a pastor, and his way of dealing with addiction is uh, they go through the Heidelberg Catechism. That's right. He actually thinks the Bible has the answer to addiction. <laughs> Crazy idea. Uh, the newest one that we have is every Min- Everyday Ministry Podcast with James White. No, no, no. Sorry. The other James White. Not Dr. James White. This is the non-Dr. James White, but it's a good show. Some guys that are in ministry sit around talk about different issues with ministry. We have two affiliates. Uh, the affiliates mean that they don't host with us, but they still get some of the benefits of, of being in the community and they offer some of the, of that. And that is the Blue Stocking Baptist. So if those of you who, Say, well, theology gals, I like reform I like talking theology as a gal, but I'm not Presbyterian. Well, this is the Baptist version. So you got that. They got a great series on Mormonism, by the way, that they did. And then for for someone like Chris Honholz, this will be a special one. If he hasn't been listening to this, and Chris will make fun of me because this is clearly not a show for me. Are you just watching with Eve Franklin and and Tim Martin? They are do a monthly show where every month they will review from a Christian perspective some movie. Uh I think the most recent one they did was uh what's the the genie one? Um Aladdin. So they just did that one they did uh, Marvel Endgame which I actually saw uh, I saw and I posted on there that I watched Marvel Endgame. And, and Chris, you'll be appreciative to know that E. Franklin said basically the same thing that you said, basically the same thing that everybody said, uh, that if I was going to try to understand Marvel Endgame, I was 20 movies too late because that was like the end game. And I didn't understand any of the plot because it was all laid out in 20 other movies that I didn't watch. So... <laughs> But now I don't have to watch. I can just go to Are You Just Watching and learn about the movies so that I can talk as if I know something about them. (laughs) All right. So thanks, guys, for coming on. Check out uh, all those podcasts. Appreciate them. Check out Voice of Reason Radio as well. They're not part of the community yet. (laughs) Hey, just saying. Just throwing that out there, you know. You know, like I don't promote you enough. (laughs) All right. Thanks guys. Thanks for everyone for listening. I hope this was informative to you. If it was, would you consider sharing this episode? We would appreciate it. See you next week.